Hello, hello, and welcome to God's Little Hummingbird, the podcast where we are reading through the Bible from the beginning, going all the way to the end in Revelation. Today we are on Genesis chapter 45. We use the original language as a guide, so whenever is necessary and whenever is helpful, we use the Hebrew and or Greek words to better clarify some of the meanings found in Scripture. We read from the New King James Version Bible, and if you don't own that, you can find it online for free at Bible Hub or Blue Letter Bible or other online sources. With that, let's begin. And I do pray, Father God, you open our eyes, ears, and hearts to your truth and your truth alone. 45, verse 1. Then Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried out, Make everyone go out from me. So no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard it. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence, or they were scared or sad. And Joseph said to his brothers, Please come near to me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years the famine has been in the land, and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth, to save your lives by a great deliverance. And that word posterity there is remnant or the the, the lineage, a few people. Verse 8. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God, Elohim. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh, the lord of all his house, and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Do not tarry or do not delay. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near to me, you and your children, your children's children, your flocks and your herds, and all that you have. There I will provide for you, lest you and your household and all that you have come to poverty. For there are still five years of famine." And behold, your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my mouth that speaks to you. So you shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt and of all that you have seen. And you shall hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell on his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And Benjamin wept on his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. And after that, his brothers talked with him. Now the report of it was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brothers have come. So it pleased Pharaoh and his servants well. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, Say to your brothers, Do this. Load your animals and depart. Go to the land of Canaan. Bring your father and your households and come to me. I will give you the best of the land of Egypt, and you will eat the fat of the land, or the choicest produce. Verse 19. Now you are commanded, do this. Take carts out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and your wives. Bring your father and come. Also, do not be concerned about your goods, for the best of the land of Egypt is yours. Then the sons of Israel did so, and Joseph gave them carts according to the command of Pharaoh, and he gave them provisions for the journey. He gave to all of them, to each man, changes of garments, but to Benjamin he gave three hundred pieces of silver and five changes of garments. And he sent to his father these things, ten donkeys loaded with the good things of Egypt, and ten female donkeys loaded with grain, bread, and food for his father for the journey. So he sent his brothers away, and they departed, and he said to them, See that you do not become troubled along the way. Then they went up out of Egypt and came to the land of Canaan to Jacob their father. And they told him, saying, Joseph is still alive, and he is governor over all the land of Egypt. 
And Jacob's heart stood still or fainted because he did not believe them. But when they told him all the words which Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the carts which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, or Yaakov, their father, revived. Then Israel, now remember, Israel is the name of Jacob, but they interchange it here. And Israel means to wrestle with God and overcome. Or some people say it's, um, you know, a prince of God. But it really seems to indicate to wrestle with God and overcome. Then Yisrael said, it is enough. Joseph, my son, is alive, is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. Now, this chapter is one of the hugest prophecies of the end times ever recorded in Scripture. And I will explain. There's a few fold um, pictures of this prophecy. First of all, I talked about in the Hebrew tradition, they understand, there's an understanding that there's Messiah ben Yosef and Messiah ben David. It's one Messiah, one Savior, one Christ. But he has two roles to fulfill, that of ben Yosef, son of Joseph, and that of ben David, son of David. Now, they understood he would be the suffering servant, those in Judaism, and the Jews, the Jews are just the southern kingdom of Israel, Judah, Benjamin, and Levi. And they're what remains of the labeled children of Israel. However, the ten northern tribes still exist. They're just in the form of many Christians right now. But what we see is that this Messiah ben Yosef, when Jesus Yeshua came the first time, he was rejected by his brothers. They were jealous of him. They wanted what he had, and they rejected him. Now, it was not just the Jews, but he did go to the Jews first because at that time the ten northern tribes of Israel were no longer in the land, and they still aren't. Because the ten northern tribes of Israel, as we will study and read later in scriptures, get captured by the northern kingdom of Assyria and scattered throughout all of um, the Asia area, all the way through Europe, and then eventually to America. And that's physically proven extra-biblically. But at this point, when Jesus was on earth, not this point in the scripture, but when we are talking about here, so when Jesus was on earth, only Judah remained. And those that who were ruled by Judah were the Jews, Benjamin and Levi, after the division of Israel, which we will get to. So please bear with me. Anyway, they rejected, many of them rejected Jesus as the Messiah, of course, Many believed in him, too, because all of the early disciples and followers were Jews. The Jews rejected the message, and many of the Gentiles rejected it, and they ended up killing him. Pilate and those of the Roman Empire that ruled there, which is very interesting. Again, remember, it's the Roman Empire, which is ruled, you know, became... um, they founded the Catholic Church, which the Catholic Church then houses many of God's people. And it's just interesting <laughs> all these rabbit trails we can get on. But staying focused on this. So Jesus Yeshua came the first time as our Messiah ben Yosef, the suffering servant. He died on the cross. He was rejected and hated by his brethren, despised, treated with contempt. They were jealous of him. This is also <laughs> Joseph became the leader of the northern tribes of Israel. So here's the second part of this prophecy. Joseph becomes the second, I'm sorry, the second, yeah, the second um, company of Israel. So we have Jews and Ephraimites or Israelites 
or those of Joseph. They all be, it's all interlinear because the 10 northern tribes became ruled by Joseph's lineage under his second-born son, Ephraim. And the Ephraimites became the rulers of the northern kingdom of Israel, and thus they became known as the Israelites under the name of their father, Jacob Israel. And they were scattered throughout Europe, and that is extra-biblically and biblically documented. And they became the Gentiles, as we're going to read in a few chapters here. Now, both Judah and Benjamin, as Isaiah says, stumble over the Messiah. And it says, Ephraim is my helmet, Judah is my lawgiver. So Ephraim is the helmet, is a prophecy, obviously, encompassing the fact that they understand that Jesus is the salvation. And Judah being the lawgiver shows that the Jews understand Jesus is the lawgiver. And when it talks about in Ezekiel 36, in particular, the the two sticks being one in his hand, Ezekiel 36, 37, all those areas, we're talking about the two houses being joined again under the King David. That's the second role of Messiah, to join both the houses of Israel. And it shows us in Isaiah, like I said, and I believe it's chapter 2, or it's chapter 8, I can't remember. But it says both houses will stumble over the Messiah. He's a stumbling stone to both houses. Well, because... Many Jews don't understand that Jesus was the Messiah. Thus, they rejected their brother, quote, Joseph, Ben Yosef, Messiah Ben Yosef. And Christians do not understand that Jesus came to teach and obey the law. They, they are sadly following an antinomian or the lawless one, the Antichrist spirit, that is the man of lawlessness. And they don't even understand that Jesus is the lawgiver. And that is one thing that both of these houses will stop rejecting their brother, Ben Yosef over, and they will come to realize that he is there for them and they're good. The law teaches us God's ways and it leads us to our Savior, right? So both houses will then, all 12 tribes will turn and accept and recognize their Messiah Ben Yosef and make them make him their Messiah Ben David, their ruler David. So I know for those of you who have not read the Bible yet, that's a lot of the story that you may be confused with, but let me kind of try to clarify again. Jesus Yeshua came the first time as our Messiah bin Yosef. He was rejected by all of the children of God, all of them. Like there's a few followers, right? There's always a remnant. But in this case, we can see the 12, well, there's, there's 12 brothers, 11 of them, 10 of them rejected him. Benjamin didn't even know him, right? And it's through Joseph, their brother, that they got salvation during this plague, this drought, this famine. And it is us, when we turn to our Messiah, Ben Yosef, our brother, Ben Yosef, Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, When we turn to him, he provides for us and saves us. So it's an eternal salvation picture of us needing to turn from hating him by our wicked deeds and crucifying him with our wicked actions and selling him to those of Egypt. It's It's a spiritual picture of turning back to him and realizing, wow, he was the one trying to help us all along. 
Now, the second part of that is the very end time prophecy. <laughs> this one could go a little deep for some of you, and I hope you can follow. But there are people right now being led to prepare those places in the wilderness which will nourish the woman for a time, times, and half a time as the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation indicate. So there is a seven-year period of tribulation coming upon the earth to purify and cleanse God's children and to judge the wicked. It will be for the cleansing of us who love God and for the destruction of those who do not love God. Now, (laughs) many of those places of protection... Some of them literally will be, like some people think it's Petra, and I don't think they're wrong. Some of that land of Edom and Moab will be used to provide for God's people because that's in the book of Isaiah. There's a hint at it. It's also in the book of Daniel. And so we do see that there are those places providing for some of God's children, but there also are many places in America And the majority of the sons of Ephraim or of Joseph, when you study the lineage of Israel, they go right to America. It's a fascinating story. We will continue to expose that as we go through scriptures. But many of the modern day Christians are physically blood descendants of Ephraim. And I almost guarantee if you're listening to this podcast and you take one of those Amazon blood tests, <laughs> you could just ask the Father and the Holy Spirit, of course, they would reveal to you. But if you take a blood test, I have a feeling it's going to reveal to you that many of your genetics or some of your genetics are linked to Israel, to the Middle East. And not everybody who's in the Middle East is a Jew. Remember, Jew is just from the tribe of Judah. That's why they're the Jews. That became, they became ruled by Judah. <laughs> so anyway, <clears throat> then they have been telling God's people to believe in Yeshua and to follow the commandments of God. That's the patience and the faith of the saints in Revelation 12 and Revelation 14. It's also the woman and her child, as Revelation says, the woman and her child are those who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Yeshua. And Daniel says they are turning many to righteousness, okay? But both those in Judaism and both those in Christianity have rejected this group of Joseph that is telling people, remember the law of Moses before the coming and dreadful day of the Lord, as Malachi chapter 4 says. And these little Josephs that are all over the world, and I know people in Amsterdam preparing and New Zealand preparing, so it's not just America. But those little Josephs will be the places that during this tribulation, God's people will turn. Remember the multitude washed from the tribulation that's too many to count? They're washed white. Well, those people will begin turning to these true brothers of theirs who they rejected and they will turn there for provision of quote food mostly spiritual food is what I'm saying and indicating just as Joseph provided them bread remember he stored up wheat that is what these end time Joseph's will do they will provide wheat quote bread quote the word of God quote to God's people And those who fought will come to understanding, as the book of Isaiah says. 
Now, <laughs> that could be a lot to absorb for some of you, but please keep it in mind as we continue to read through scripture. This is a foreshadowing of our Messiah and of the end time Josephs who have been rejected by their brethren. It's a beautiful, beautiful picture. I also want to point out where it talks about Joseph tells his brothers to not be troubled. Well, they had done great harm to him and his heart was pure. You can see in this passage, he had forgiven them and he realized that this was of God. He had been rejected and hated by his brothers and it did, I'm sure, bring him down and he felt betrayed. Look at the names of his children. <laughs> um, Manasseh, to cause to forget. So he needed, to cause, he needed a cause to forget the pain which he had suffered. He wept. He hid himself from his brothers. He didn't just immediately make himself known. I mean, this is a series of months that he did this and hid himself. And his heart had to have been wrestling with forgiveness in the greatest capacity. And those of you who have started obeying the Bible, you're right now being persecuted by your family and those who you thought were your family and blood brothers. Crazy. They, they don't want you to stop following Christmas and the pagan traditions of man. They don't want you to follow the Bible. They want you to follow man's traditions and just keep things easy going. They become jealous of you because they say, well, who are you? Who are you? <laughs> like you're hearing from God and not us. And it's the same thing you're going to have to go through. Um, you are going to have to learn how to forgive those who are so cruel and spiteful and who accuse you of being proud and arrogant when you're really just hearing from God. And you're going to have to turn your hearts around and be there to prepare for them, open your arms wide to love them and hug them. And Jesus, our Savior, does the same for us. We hate him. We hurt him with our deeds. We do all sorts of bad things to him. And then we turn around and realize we have betrayed him. And he has open arms forgiving us when we repent. And so Joseph told his brothers, don't be afraid, don't worry. Like, my heart's pure. But they didn't quite believe it at first. They're like, ooh, ah, I'm not sure. They were nervous. You could tell they were dismayed. They weren't like all excited to see their brother Joseph. They knew they had done wrong. They wondered if this was revenge or vengeance. And of course, Joseph <laughs> was playing with them a little bit. And I'm sure they were trying to understand, well, why were we locked in prison? Why all these tests, why our money in our bags, why all these weird things that happened to us. But all of a sudden, Joseph just is like, no, I'll provide for you. Come on. And God does the same thing. We know that it says in the Bible, God lets our hearts be tested to prove what's in us. And so I want to encourage you, if you're going through a tough time or you've done something wrong against God, you wrestle like Jacob and you don't let go. Remember he said, I will not let go unless you bless me. So you hold on to God and you wrestle, you overcome, and you know that he is right there to forgive you and receive you and bring you to him and, and, and help you as long as you don't let Satan's condemnation come in because his heart is pure. Joseph's, Messiah ben Yosef's heart is pure. He does forgive and he wants to receive us back to him. So Satan will try to convince you that you can never be forgiven. You've done too much. He doesn't want you. Just go ahead and stay in your sin. But Yeshua's like, oh, no, no, no. Just prove to me. Prove to me that you want me. Stay here. Don't give up. And so I encourage you, encourage you to really hold, hold on to that. The other thing I want to point out here, here's another prophecy in verse 23, where he had 10 donkeys loaded with goods and the 10 female donkeys, the number 10 is deliverance, okay? That in Hebrew, the 10th plague that brings them out of 
Egypt, you'll notice, is when they are delivered because the sons of Israel are delivered, but the sons of Egypt are killed. And the number 10 often symbolizes deliverance. There's the 10 days of war to the throughout scripture. Um, when we go to the end days, when it talks about um, the saints being persecuted for 10 days, there's 10 days between the Feast of Trumpets and the Day of Atonement. There's all all sorts of references to these 10 days, and it's always on day 10 that is judgment for the world, deliverance of God's people. And here we see him sending this 10, saying, I'm going to provide you, I'm going to deliver you. God will per- deliver you through my hand. So I think that's another really, really interesting prophecy. And then another thing, remember I told you the word Egypt and water are the two words in Hebrew that are always dual purpose. They are never singular, never just plural. It has the dual plural ending, ayim. So Mitzrayim here is symbolic of a few things. Remember I told you those little Josephs that are all around, a lot of them in America? Well, many people can link spiritually and physically America to the end time Egypt, the broken staff on which Israel leans for help. And interesting that many of these little places of these little Josephs that are going to provide for God's people during these tough times when their eyes finally awaken and they turn back to God fully are in America in the end time Egypt. So interesting things to think about. And I will leave that chapter there for now. That was a lot. It's amazing. The word of God is so beautiful and gives us so many pictures and teaches us so much. So may we all have that heart of Messiah ben Yosef. May we stay faithful to God, to Elohim. May we never waver from his ways. And may we love our brethren no matter what they do. But let's go on with our lives. Keep our eyes on God. And may God's children turn back. And may we be open-armed to them when they turn. Keep praying for them. Okay, love you all. Have a super blessed day.